right, the Botai, so we're learning Harambam. And we're in Perek Yud Bet of Elchot Tefillah. I'd like to revisit uh, something that we learned this morning. Doesn't sound like it's such a, you know, applicable. Uh, well, Harambam first. Uh, also, Ike, if you can provide for us, I mean, Mishnah Ruraz. Six packs. It's a, it's a halakha that we read this morning. We didn't give too much credence to it because it's not really such a ma'aseh item. But let's go revisit um, halakha. Perik yud ber halakha yud gimal. So in that halakha we read, umidaleg me'inyan le'inyan. So, in Navi, you're allowed to jump around. You're allowed to jump around from Inyan to Inyan. Mm-hmm. But you can't jump from one prophet, one book to a different book. When it comes to Asar, there we allow you to jump from even one book to another. Now, this line needs analysis. The Rambam makes a stipulation. So long as you don't go from the end of the book and skip backwards. So, though you could skip, you could only go forwards. Now, what is this, um, what is the inyan of this halakha? So, it's actually brought down in Shuhan Aruch. So if we have the Shohan Aruch in front of us, everybody should take a Shohan Aruch. Kufmen Dalit. No, reading the Nabi in the Sibur, meaning Haftarah. The Haftarah, good question. So in in Kufmen Dalit, we have Hilchot Sefer Torah. So let's read Shohan Aruch. So you're allowed to jump around and skip when you're learning the Nevi'im, or when you're reading Nevi in public. Okay, but when it comes to Sefer uh, Torah, you shouldn't skip, you shouldn't jump around. You can't jump from one Inyan to another. But why are people get confused? You're starting with this inyan, you jump to a different inyan. But as long as it's the same subject, like we said in the Beit HaMikdash on Yom Kippur, they would jump from beginning of Parashat Emor to the end, and that's okay. Fine. Okay, as long as you don't read it uh, by heart. Fine, you cannot even read one word by heart. So basically we said the Hazam will be goleled the Sefer Torah quickly before the Metur Geman finishes. And then I'll just continue in the same subject. Now, We're not allowed to do in the Sefer Torah, you're allowed to do in Navi. You could jump around. Even if it's a different topic. We don't care because like we learned earlier, it's not halakhic, the Navi, it's a story. So even the person gets a little mibulbal, it's not going to make such a big 
נפקא מינא. והוא שלא ישהה בדילוג בעניין שיעמדו הסימול בשתיקה. And you cannot make a דילוג that's going to take time. So as long as the מתרגם is doing his translation, and you can move the קלף to the new spot, you're okay. Now, ואני מילי בנבי אחד. This is only talking about if you're in the same book. אבל בנבי לנבי, but jumping from one prophet to another prophet, אין מדלגין, even if it's in the same topic. They don't want you to jump around that much. And even if you can do it in record speed where you're not going to make a Torah Sibur, they never want you to jump from one to another except when it comes to the book of Tri'asar, you can go from one book to the next, which by the way, this is a word for word Rambam. So long as you don't go from the end of the Sefer, to the beginning of the Sefer. So basically they're saying, go forward. Now let's look at the Mishnah Berura, when he says over here, Ubetre Asar. Mishnah Berura, Seif Katan Het. Ubetre Asar, Shehem Hashuvim Kenavi Echad. So the book of Tre Asar is considered like one, one book. Uh, small books. Each one is a few chapters. You cannot go backwards to the, to the, to the, to the forwards. Which basically is going to uh, Even if it's uh, one, 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 one roll back. There's different opinions now. יש אומרים דווקא מנביא לנביא אין מדלגים בזה. Oh, when, this rule of not being able to go backwards, when was it said? So, oh, so some say דווקא מנביא לנביא. You can't go from one נביא to another נביא backwards. ואפילו בנביא של תרעשר, which is the חידוש. That even though we said in תרעשר you can jump around, but in תרעשר you can't go backwards. But if you're in the same Navi, review we just said. That even though we just learned that the book of Tri'asar is considered one book in the sense that we let you go forward, but we're not going to let you go backwards. However, in the same Navi, where we said you're allowed to jump around from Navi to Navi. I'm sorry, in, in the same Navi, intra-Navi, you could jump, so you can even go backwards. So that's good, good to know that. In the Navi itself, I'm reading a Haftarah in the book of Shemuel, and I want to go back to two chapters for whatever reason. I can, according to this opinion. Oh, but you just said you can't go back. That's the Tri'asa. But the Begin Abraham says, no. Begin Abraham, it's a dead. Begin Abraham, even in the same Navi, and the Daleg the Mafreya. Okay? So now we have a Magir Ram that's strict. He says, guess what? You can't go backwards in any book, even in the same book. And then we got the Primagadim that says, Shemitzadid, he has different uh, sides here and says, which means, if you have two things going for you, 
It's the same Navi and it's the same Inyan. Which we don't talk about with Navi ever. Which is unbelievable. Which means you, you got to find a, a you know, a, 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 this is a rare case. It's the same Navi, same Inyan, so I could go backwards. So let's review the three she taught we have over here, Abotai. Three she taught again are. We have the first opinion that the Mishnah brings down that that, that, when we, that which we say that you can't go backwards, that means in Tere'asaf. Even though we said Tere'asaf is one book, it's one book in the sense that you can jump from Navi to Navi forwards. But we're not going to let you go backwards, even if it's in the same Inyam. Oh, but if it comes to a one Navi, in the, in the same Navi, you can go backwards. No, no problem with that. Comes the Magir Abraham, it's more Mahmir. He says, that which we said you can't go backwards, you can never go backwards. Not in Tere Asar, and not even in a, in one Navi. And you have the Prima Gadim, that says, hey, listen, if you got the perfect storm, that everything's going right, actually, it's a good storm, perfect weather, I should say, that, number one, it's one Navi, and it's the same topic, that allow you to go back. Now, this is all great stuff, and these are types of Mishnah Ruraz that you say, you know, okay, very nice, you know, Never going to happen, and uh, it's good to know it, but like it's 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 it, it's really not so so relevant. However, it uh, turns out that if you open up your chumashim to Parashat Mishpatim, which is this week's Parasha, you're going to see an anomaly here. Now, it, the Taftara that we read uh, for Parashat Mishpatim is a rare reading. Because most of the time, already we're in Shekalim. So most of the time, you're not reading this Haftarah. So it's not such a you know, common Haftarah. Usually we're already in the full Parashiyot already. Or it's Rosh Chodesh. So it'll get uh, upended by a Rosh Chodesh reading. Or a Mahar Chodesh reading. So the fact that you're reading this Haftarah, pay attention that it's a special, special Haftarah. Now, okay. Now let's look at the Aftarah. It's on page eleven fifty six. All right, we're in, we're in the Prophet Jeremiah, like Rabbi Abraham Rafu used to say, the Prophet Jeremiah. So over here it starts off Before we get into the details of what the Aftarah is talking about, it's basically Perik Lamedal. It's a great uh, great Aftarah, and then. After we finish over here, we go through the whole story. All of a sudden, the last Pesukim over here jumped to Lamed Gimal. We're going backwards. It's amazing. Again, it's the same book. So here now, and we're getting into an issue over here. This is a Haftarah in the same book that we're going back with seemingly the main topic of the Haftarah is Eved Evri, as we'll read in a minute. Uh, selling an Eved, or buying an Eved, letting him go free. Basically what happened in this Haftarah was the prophet told the people, you got to let your slaves go free. This is serious halakha. And the people didn't listen. And the people re- you know, bought their slaves back. And the Nabi says, what are you doing over here? It's a big item. And basically, it's the perasha in the Navi that talks about sending out slaves. 
Now, I understand the connection between the Haftarah and the Perashah because the first law of the Mishpatim is I am bothered that why is that the topic of the Haftarah? I mean, Shiluah Abadim, if you would have asked me, I would have said that is the least prevalent halakha uh, in Perashah Mishpatim. There's laws of Rebit, there's laws of... Uh, 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 Treating uh, 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 your neighbor properly, don't, uh, don't uh, eat milk and meat, there are many laws, but even the laws. I have a double question. First of all, why would the Torah start with Evidivri, which is a strange halakha to start with, but even if we could find an answer to that, if I were to ask, okay, there's, I don't know how many minutes more to Mishpatim, you look at the... 53. 53, just a rough number, 53. So if I were to put them in order of importance, at least for us, Evidivri, yeah, that's 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 time in the exactly fifty three or late forties by the way, and then the haftarah which usually likes to pick the essence of the parasha chooses the story of Evidivri, which I thought to be incredible that that's the one they pick. So actually, it's number one, and then the navi does something amazing. It makes a U turn to go back to Perik Lamidgimon. Well, I'm hoping that Perik Lamidgimon talks about Evidivri. But it doesn't. It wasn't for the Torah that we study day and night. Basically, the world would go back to, you know, nothing to do with anything. So now we're really putting ourselves in a halakhic uh, uh, dilemma because according to the Magen Abraham, for example, we got a problem. Because Magen Abraham says, even in the same Navi, you can't go backwards. And even the Primagadim that said you can go back, that's only for the same topic. So uh, Primagadim, so this Haftarah has a problem, and Magen Abraham's a problem. Uh, uh, the only one that's not a problem is the Yeshu Mim of the Mishnah Bruda that said you can go backwards in a, in a regular Navi, just not into the Asa. So I just wanted to point that out, that what we thought this morning was just like, a, you know, who cares? Turns out that this week is the, is the week. Now, I'd like to see Harambam gives us the Haftarot. So I think he gives it to us actually in our book. Very good. So if you go to the end of our book, or the end of the beginning, or the beginning of the end. So I think he gives us the, uh, the Haftarot. If you open up, the end of the sefer over here, we have the whole nosah of every holiday. And what that? Ein Zayin. Ein Zayin? Yeah. I'm going to see at the end. I want to see at the end. But it's the same thing. Let's see. Let's see if we can find it. Yeah. So let's see over here. There's a whole system. What to say? What to pray? Oh, so open up on Nishmin Bet. On Nishmin Bet in our books, he gives you the haftarah for every parashah Rambam. Very very nice to know that, that we have we have Rambam giving you the haftarot ben Rambam. So open up the parashah the Mishpatim. Be'ele ha'mishpatim. Ha'dabar asher ha'ya'idir miyahu. 
Okay, we got it. Ad lo yikaret ish leyonadav ben rechav b'yirmiya lamid dalad het telamid hey yutet. Oh, Harambam says you're reading actually straight through lamid hey. Which means Harambam does not make the reverse in his haftarah. Harambam says, read Lamidala like you did. And, and I guess we don't want to end up on a bad note because the, 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 the prophet is shaming B'nai Yisrael. So read a couple of more pesukim into Lamidhir and end over there on a good note, whatever it says in Lamidhir. I, I think I understand why Rambam did this. Because Rambam's saying, it's very nice if we could just jump around and find a nice pasuk somewhere else. But it seems Rambam's opinion is, Forward March. So now, again, this is amazing that we hit this this morning. Yeah. Turns out that Parajat Mishpatim is a very controversial haftarah. We're not following Shittat Rabbam in this haftarah. That's clear. And this is according to Ashkenazim also. There's everybody. There's everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first we have to deal with the, the halachic uh, side of this haftarah. And again, most people will, 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 will miss this. Only because we're in it, we're cognizant of it. But uh, otherwise, you, know, you might pick it up on Shabbat quickly. Just say, oh, I don't know what that is. I went back. Okay, I think maybe it's, it's, it's next, next subject. But, uh, but then you're in your Musaf already. So, uh, I saw from Rav Chaim Kanievsky, that he brings down that, hey, Megan Abraham doesn't work this afternoon. Megan doesn't work this afternoon. It's not the same topic. At least it doesn't seem like the same topic. But Rav Chaim says, not in the Lumdas, he just says that when do we say that you have a problem not to go backwards? That's only talking about when you're actually reading from a cloth with all the haftarot, where you have to start. But if you're reading from a printed book, like we have most, even the Sifra Aftarot, we have it just printed straight. Just Aftarot, yeah. Then you don't have a problem with any of this stuff. So he learned that this whole issue was Mingolel. But if there's no issue of being Golel and the Kakadas know you went backwards, they're just reading it straight and there's no pause at all. So that's the way he gets it. But it comes out of the corner. But if you, if, if you have a shul that follows the real Minhag, the read for the parchments and all that, uh, you're putting yourself in a great uh, mess. So this, this allows us to now open up to a, a more broad talk. And the talk is that Al-Sheikh writes that the Torah definitely starts off with Ebedivri for a reason. And Ebedivri. And the reason, the way that Al-Sheikh learns the first pasuk in the Perashah, it's very, very novel. We always, these are the mishpatim that you should place in front of them. Lifnehem means in front of them. Who's them? Ben Yisrael. Al-Sheikh learns different. He says, these are the mishpatim, meaning the mishpatim of Ebed Evri, Asher Tassim Lifnehem, place them before the other mishpatim. Meaning, the Torah's going out, I was like, this comes first. Hashem Tassim Lifnehem. Meaning, I got 53 items here. Every Devri is Lifnehem. Put that, put that. So, now, now the really question is, wow, the Torah made a concentrated effort to put this first. And the question is, 
Why? So a lot of the Mepharshim say it's because this law uh, will speak to the Jewish people and will resonate with them more than any law. After all, they were just Abadim. So therefore, they, uh, they could understand what does it mean, don't torment an Eved, and they'll give the guy a break, and let the guy breathe, because they themselves uh, went through it. So the Torah is saying, now that it's fresh in your mind, and you just experienced it, so let's start off with, with that one. Fine. I saw from Oznaim La Torah, which is Rav Zaman Saraskin, he actually says, Something the reverse. It's amazing psychology. Correct, correct. But Ebed Evri is someone who stole some money, and then you're allowed to buy him into slavery. I, I don't think it was thieves in the Midbar either, although you had some criminals doing other stuff. But the point is, the halacha would resonate at that point where they could, they could feel it. I don't, think, I don't think they were charging interest in the Midbar either. But the point is, Rav Zalman Sermanskin says, you'd be surprised. History has shown that the Eved that was oppressed, when he comes in charge, all of a sudden, he becomes even a worse oppressor to his subjects than he was, that he was a victim of. Shalomor Melech says in, 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 in Mishle, one of the three things that you cannot tolerate, Eved ki imloch. What does Shalomor mean? The Eved, when he becomes the king, he's a bigger tyrant, although you would think it should be the opposite. He knows what it is. The contrary. When, when he's a tyrant, when he's an Eved, he's screaming, right, it's not fair, not right. And you, you'd assume that when he gets in charge, he's going to be different. And a lot of times you end up seeing that he's worse. And the proof that Rav Zalman brings to this is that the, uh, the Workers' Party, the Workers' Party uh, uh, in, in Russia were being tormented by the Tsar. And then when they finally got free, they turned into the communists, which is Stalin, which is not any better than the Tsar. So that's, look what happened. You would have thought, the Workers' Party, what were they screaming? Freedom, the czar, he's a tyrant, oppression, and all that stuff. You'd think when they overthrew him, then the world would be a... Turns out, how many people did the, the, the communists kill? 50 million, according to Stalin and all these... Uh, the Shaim, and they oppressed the people more than anybody. So therefore, the Torah goes to the depthness of a person's... Uh, uh, look, look, look at Ebed Kim, look, Hitler, was, was another thing. He was a painter in a jail. Uh, uh, and all of a sudden he rose to power look, look what he did so the Torah is coming to tell you be careful don't think just because you were an Eved you know once you start to taste power then even the guy who was an Eved says well yeah it's not so it's not such a good feeling when you're, when you're, when you're on the Eved side but when you're on the Adon side then you take advantage so the Torah has to tell us that from the onset that, that you know, don't take that for granted just because you think you're an Eved you won't, you won't be subject or suspect to this, it has to go right away and tell you, because you're an Ebed, you might have a reverse reaction. And say, now I'm the guy. Now I'm the Adon. Let me, see how, now let me feel how an Adon feels, and if you have to suppress that, and that's another reason why it starts. But what I want to bring to your attention this afternoon, Abotai, is what I found 
from Rabbeinu Abraham, Benoshel HaRabam. It's interesting, we're learning HaRabam, Rabbeinu Abraham, Ben HaRabam. Benoshel HaRabam, it's a pirush of the Torah. That's right. Bereshit and Shemot, and I have them actually. Somebody recently bought me an old, uh, from the old books, and only Bereshit and Shemot, as Nathan says. The other ones were lost. And, uh, he says something amazing. He says, and I'm paraphrasing, why is it less of an Ebed If you look at the laws of Ebed as you know them, uh, it's not really the Ebed that we're used to from, uh, you know, slavery, uh, from roots. Uh, this, this, this type of slave actually is uh, the Gemara says, You're actually buying a, a master for yourself because the, 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 the amenities that you got to give to this guy are, 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 are amazing. I mean, even things that a student is allowed to do for his rabbi, an Ebed cannot do for his master. I mean, the rabbi can allow a student to do certain menial things, but the Adon cannot let the, the Ebed, you know, uh, like Baruch used to always say, if you have one bed, I don't know why he would say it, but he would say it this way, you got to give him the Hollywood bed. I don't know what Chambaruch knew about Hollywood beds, but he would say, we got to give him a more comfortable bed. One pillow, he gets the pillow. You only have... I asked him, that's another way of saying a king bed. Old, old times you say king bed is a Hollywood bed. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, so therefore... The Torah is coming to tell us a tremendous hatush over here in, 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 in Evid. Basically, the reason why he's treated so good, because in Judaism, there's no Avadim. Because once we left Egypt, we're all Avadim to Kadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, <laughs> It's not like you bought a free man and now you own him. The way he learns is, ki tikne evid. No, you don't buy an evid. He's not an evid until, until the purchase. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm, when, he's not an evid yet. When he's become an evid? Like, why? But the person doesn't say that. So the pasuk is telling us according to this, ki tikne evid. Know that you're buying an evid. He's an evid takalish baruch hu. So if he's an evid takalish baruch hu, you have no kinyan on him, and if you have no rights to, to oppress him because he has a boss already. So who are you to? So therefore, you have to treat him. You know, you can let him work and stuff like that, but you can't. You can't. Not You can't treat him. You know, in an oppressive way, because he already has a. He, he has a boss. And he goes further. And he says. Then what was the advantage that, so what, we went from Abadim to Paro to being Abadim Baruch Hu? So therefore, it sounds like it's a lateral move then. It just, it just, it just said, we, we, changed, we changed employers. employers. But we're still Abadim, so what, what, what's, the, what's the benefit of this? You're right, God's obviously a better boss than Paro. But from the worker's standpoint, I was an Ebed here, I'm an Ebed over here. So you have to know exactly... That, that word evid in, 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 in Torah terminology can be misleading. When you got evid Hashem, it sounds like oppressive, evid Hashem, poor guy. 
But we remind you of the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot that says, En lecha ben horin, Actually, those that subscribe to Torah, they're actually independent, they're actually free. Torah, although it seems like a, a, a burden, a yoke, but actually it's the yoke that brings the person to personal freedom. And I, and I explain. The Mishnah says, What do you mean, Ben Horin? I can't do this, I can't go there, I can't say this, I can't say this. It looks like the guy was living a life of freedom, meaning to do whatever he wants. He's the free guy. And the Ebed Hashem is the one that has his hands tied behind his back. He can't do anything. But that restrictive lifestyle actually frees the person from the oppression of the Yetzirah. I'll talk English from his desires, or we'll even get it more crystal or more sharp, from addiction. Which means if a person doesn't have Torah, so then he becomes the biggest slave, where he cannot control any of his desires and he starts to uh, sink to what we call rock bottom and low levels. What, what controls a person? To be in control of his life, it's only Torah. Torah is a, a, a horse without reins, it has no control, and it goes wild, and it destroys. The reins that control the animal part of the person is Torah. Freedom should be defined as follows. Not freedom from, mm-hmm. but freedom to. Mm-hmm. I mean, in America, like we talked the other day, Nate, uh, they talk about freedoms. And therefore, I have a right to do this, and a right to do that, and a right to do that, I'm free to do this, freedom of speech, freedom of press. And we, we don't look at that, which means freedom means to live according to your purpose. Uh, and therefore, and I always give the mashal, you heard it a thousand times, with the violin string. They have a violin string, and uh, it's free. But it's not free to do what a violin string is supposed to do, play music. I have to put it in the violin and tighten it on both ends, and only now is the violin string called free because it can fulfill its, its purpose. I said recently at a Levaya, the Gemara says that they used to eulogize one of the uh, Abadim or somebody that passed away, and he said he was a Ish Kasher, he was a, a, a good man. And I explained, what does that mean when we say a person is a good man? Uh, so some people you hear them say, he's a good man, he never hurt anybody. Now, clearly, that's not the definition of a good man. If he would hurt somebody, he's a, he's a criminal. So by, by saying, he didn't rob a bank, he's a good man. That's, not, that, that's the definition of a good man. By saying what he didn't do. When I say, uh, it's a good pen, what do I mean to say? It functions correctly. Good means it functions. So when I say he's a good man, that means he functions properly according to, meaning he follows the proper ethics, the proper, so he's functioning properly. So what gives the person that freedom for that? Only Torah. Without Torah, the animal side of man will take over like we see today going on in the world today. And therefore, the, the, the jungle. Uh, the Gemara says, when God gave the Torah, um, the Torah came, came down with a, with a sword, two things, a sword and the book. And God said, Isafra 
Isaifa. Isaifa and Safra, which means the book protects you from the sword, which means without the book, you become a beast. And the sword becomes the, the, the order of the day, and it's survival of the fittest, and uh, you go kill people. What protects you from becoming a, a, a savage? The Safra, which is the book, protects you from the Saifa, from the, from the Saif. So actually, Torah is emancipating us. Torah is actually freeing us. Freeing us to live according to uh, what human beings are supposed to. That the pen will work correctly, that the human body will work correctly. So actually, it's, it's, it's the reverse. It's the reverse. People think, oh, the burden of Torah. On the contrary. So the parents think in the yeshiva, uh, don't teach my kids so much Torah, you know. I don't want them to. So I, what do you think is going to happen? If I don't teach him Torah, you think something's not going to occupy his brain? You're thinking that's Switzerland. We won't teach him Torah. Society won't teach him anything. So we'll just keep him, you know. But it doesn't work like that. When there's a vacuum, something occupies that empty space. Vaborek and bomayim. If there's no mayim, something's going to be in there. And that's going to be Nahashim Baklabim. So I tell the parents, I say, listen, I won't teach them Torah. The snakes and scorpions are going to fill that. And the snakes and scorpions are what's going on in the street today. So therefore, you, 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 you make a big uh, mistake thinking that by not teaching your child Torah so much, you don't want to be so religious, that you think that uh, there's no competition out there. Somebody is competing to get into your kid's brain. And otherwise, if he gets to that Torah that they have in the street, he'll be, uh, you know, God's been an addicted guy and all day long when the desire is, and he'll be no control, he'll lose control of himself. I'm trying to give your kids independence, that they can have Torah, which gives the control of oneself, famous that we say at the Bar Mitzvahs, that what's the concept of tefillin every day? So tefillin basically is we're, we're, we're tying down the body. Like you want to lasso a, a wild horse? So you got you to take the lasso, you got to tie him down. So every morning we come and hey, the is going to try to you know, bring us to the, to the wild side. So therefore, you tie him down. And, and where the Yetzirah rests in the left ventricle of the heart, so therefore, right where the Yitzhak is, and the Gemara says that in Sukkah, the Yitzhak has seven names. So for each name, you put another, another tie on him. And now once he's at bay, now I can put the Filin Shilrosh on and go forward. The Filin Shilrosh is giving power to the soul. But I got to first tame the animal before I... So it's Sud Menav Asetov. It's Sud Menav Asetov. And I got the Filin And that's why the Filin has to come before the Filin Shilrosh. Not only for the Ma'alim, but Kodesh Ve'em Muridim. But I can't go forward if the animal is, 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 not, uh, is not tame. So therefore, there's a great lesson in, 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 in non-oppressing Abadi, which, which Harambam's son, Rabbi Abraham, is telling us is one of the fundamentals of the whole Torah. And that is, you're free. And therefore, if, if you believe that you're free and Torah set you free, it, there's no such thing as heaven anymore. And therefore, it, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the foundation of the whole Torah, this concept. You don't own him anymore. He owns himself. God, When God took us out of Mitzrayim, what did he say? This month belongs to you. What was he really saying? Till now, your time didn't belong to you. Your time was subjugated to Paro. Starting from this month, 
Nachem, the month belongs to you. You could use your time for what you're supposed to, not to build bricks and, and, and mortar and all that stuff. People make the mistake to think, oh, religious people, uh, they're zombies and they're, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're uh, hypnotized. And it's the exact opposite. Only somebody that's in, under hypnotism would say to a talk like that. The Torah allows a person to have self-control. And again, So if you see someone who doesn't learn Torah, you're, you're talking to a slave. And that's, uh, 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 you, you, so you're in contempt of the most important principle of the Mitzrayim. I took you out of Mitzrayim. Mibet Abadim. To give you Harut. And the only way you have Harut is through Torah. And if a person doesn't follow the laws of Ebed Ebri, what he's basically saying is, no. No. Human beings are basically uh, slaves and they don't have their independence, and if I can oppress them. That's why we start off with, I think, the most important of the laws. Because what Ebenebi represents is, is that you have no right to take away somebody's chenut from him. That was the whole point of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And that's why the Haftarah talks about that concept at length. You can't look at it in a, in a myopic way, in a narrow way. You have to look at it, what, what it's representing in, in the concepts, in the principles. Or, oh, if that's the case, we say a big hadush now. So the Haftarah land best, free the slaves, and you brought them back, and they were... And that shows you you don't understand what you don't understand what's going on. You think that there's a concept after Yitzhak Mitzrayim that there's people as Labadim? And the Khabirani should be talking about Torah. There's no free people over here. So that's why the last Pasuk goes backwards. And what does the Pasuk say? Without Torah, the world will go back to Tobabu. Not meaning the world will just disintegrate, which is probably true. But Torah is what's happening in the street today. Without Torah, the world goes back to Torah. This is what's going on in the street today. Look, look, look. There's not Torah. By the way, it's probably better if the world would just disintegrate than what's going on in the street today. We're probably better off. And therefore, without Torah, look, look, look at the youth. Gambling, drugs. Why? Don't teach my kids Torah. Good. So you're going to teach them fantasy football. You're going to teach them... Uh, uh, all the other uh, stuff that I never knew till I got to the school, all this new uh, stuff, all the, becoming very, very uh, familiar with all the stuff that goes on out there. What exactly? Now all of a sudden you have zero control, and you can't, and, you, and so much you don't have any control that the cell phone controls you. You can't put it down on Shabbat because you have an addiction to that, and you can't put that. And the food, you pass it on kosher pizza place. I can't control myself, and you just basically what? what that, then what's between you and an animal? No difference. Zero uh, use of free will. Torah gives the person the ability to say no. That's the free man. The advantage that man has over animal is ayin. What does that mean, ayin? Ayin means no. Ayin. The advantage that man has over man can say no. Man can resist. An animal cannot. If you put a piece of meat in front of a hungry lion, 
He's not going to say, you know what? Uh, give it to the bear. Uh, Hesed. Let the bear have it. He's a yatom. Uh, give it to him first. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow. No. He'll eat the lion. He'll eat the meat and the bear. He'll eat the, uh, the bear also. Uh, an animal cannot resist a temptation. Can the cat say, well, you know what? I had a mouse already today. You know, give, give, it to the, give it to the next guy. Chavod. He's a kohen. You know, give it to him. And of course not. But a human being, we have the, we have the strength to say, no. that, that's power. That's power. Not to just give in. And that's kibbutz, exactly. And therefore, is it, so, so the haftara, actually, my opinion, is exactly, it's not going backwards on a different inyan. It's actually saying, you know why the people didn't get the concept of evidently? They thought that there's a concept, but they didn't realize that once we got the Torah, the Torah brings independence. And that's the yesod of evidently. And that's why we have to treat them so good and all that, because you, 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 can't, you can't take a person's freedom away from God removed you over to give you independence through, through Torah lifestyle. And therefore, we could say, at least we're following the pre Because the pre said what? In the same Navi, in the same Inyan, you could go back. So once we learn the Haftarah with that, uh, with that premise, so then we have already a, a, a deeper understanding of this concept. I will, I, I will tell you what, what, what I tell the parents, uh, you might have heard it again from me, but these are, these are classic, uh, you know, Mishalim. Uh, when they tell me, all right, teach my kid, but not too much. And I say, absolutely not. Actually, I'm going to teach him till he's filled to the top, and then there's going to be a little overflow as well. No, 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 no. We knew that. We were scared about guys like you. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Minimal. And I tell them the mashal of the kid that went to the doctor, and the doctor says the kid has strep, 10 teaspoons of, uh, of, uh, of uh, antibiotic for 10 days. Mother, of course, to the pharmacist. The pharmacist writes the prescription. He looks at the prescription, writes on the bottle, one teaspoon, one tablespoon. So the, the mother said, wait, the doctor told me a teaspoon. 18 on one? Yes. The mother told me, the doctor told me teaspoon. The pharmacist, tablespoon. He said, I'm just reading the prescription. He said, well, I think the doctor got mixed up because I heard what he said. I'm following what I heard. Ten teaspoons. Ten days later, can start strep. Comes back to the doctor. He says, "Did you give the t- tablespoon?" He says, "But you told me teaspoons. I know what I told you. What did I write in the prescription?" I thought you made a mistake. He says, "No." He says, "You know how you give medicine to a kid. He spits half of it out. So if you give him a tablespoon, he'll end up with a teaspoon. But if you give him a teaspoon, he ends up with nothing." And therefore, I tell the parent, "What do you think? You think that all the Torah I'm going to put in your kid's head, he's going to retain?" He spits some of it out. The street's going to take some of it. So if we give him a teaspoon, he's going to end up with nothing. But if we fill him up, after the overdraft and everything, he'll remain with something. And that's the only thing that can really hold Barati Yetzirara, Barati Torah Tevalin. And that's why the Torah starts off the Ten Commandments. Anuchi Hashem Elohecha Asherot Seticha Me'eret Musami Bet Abadim. It's the most important thing. You're out of free... I took you to be free people. And then when the Torah starts with the Mishpatim, the end of Mishpatim, I should tell you this one has to come for everybody. Anyone, just like the Ten Commandments, starts with Abadim. Ebed. You're buying an Ebed. Ebed, he's not Ebed till I buy him. No, he's Ebed already. He's Ebed to me. And when you work for God, actually the Ebed is free. Because Avdut Hashem brings the Hairut. Because 
he's able to live according to purpose. My Avadim are not like Paro's Avadim. Paro's Avadim are Avadim. My Avadim are actually Hirut. Because in the Kabin Hulim. So the Haftarah comes along and says, and the people didn't do it. That's the biggest Avon. That's the biggest Avon because they don't understand what the purpose is. And that's where the Haftarah will end. It goes back to reminding us how essential uh, Torah is. So uh, it's a halakhic, uh, uh, it starts with a halakhic question, but then it ends up with a, uh, a beautiful uh, musar as well. And again, I wouldn't have caught it if we weren't learning Harambam. Look at the, look at the hashkaha. How many people you think are learning this week the laws of Medalegim and Avil and Avil? And even we talked with Nathan, we said, what are we even doing this for? It's like such basic stuff. Turns out that it couldn't have been a more appropriate halakha for the haftarah that we're reading. So I think there's a, there's a berachana limud over here that we, we, we hit a, uh, a very, very davar be'ito uh, mato. Oh,